Welcome to our class in Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Atem Nitzavim. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Sunday night of Parshas Nitzavim Vayelech, which is also Chai Elul, in the year Tavshin Lametes, 42 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the opening verse in this week's Torah portion. Incidentally, this year, Parshas Nitzavim is this week, and Parshas Vayelech is the following week. So the opening verse says, Atem Nitzavim Hayoin Kulchem. You're all standing here today, Lefnei Hashem Alekeichem, in front of God, your God, Roshechem, Shivteichem, the uh, the elders of the uh, tribes, and you're standing here, the Avrach of Abris, Hashem Alekecha, to go into the bond with Hashem. Then the Torah continues and it says, in the second uh, Torah portion for this week, not only you are going into this bond, but whoever is here and whoever is not here. And it finishes off and it says that eventually, unfortunately, we're going to go into Gullus, but when you come back, it says, Veshav Hashem Alekecha, God will return. So the question is, the Heshav, it say God is returning returning us back. And the answer we know is, because when we go into Gullus, unfortunately, Hashem goes into Gullus with us. Now this Torah portion, Parashat Nitzavim, we always read before Rosh Hashanah. And like the author points out in the Kutin Torah, now we know the teaching of the Baal Shem Tev. The Baal Shem Tev says that this verse of Atem Nitzavim, we're standing here today, that's actually the blessing of Hashem. God is blessing every single Jew on this Shabbos, Shabbos Mevorchim of month of, of, of Tishrei, which is basically the last Shabbos in the month of Elul, and he's blessing us with a great month, the seventh month in the Jewish calendar, because we know the Jewish calendar starts with Nisan, and the month of Tishrei is the seventh month. And by Hashem blessing us in the seventh month of Tishrei, this is how we have the power to bless all the other months of the year. So obviously, if this parsha Atem Nitzavim is referring to a a, 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 a parsha where we're blessed, we're being blessed by Hashem, and through that we're blessing the whole year, we're being, we bless the whole year. So obviously, this week's Torah portion not just an isolated Torah portion, one of many, but it's a general Torah portion which encompasses general ideas. What are the general ideas? The Rebbe explains, and he says that the verse says that Atem Nitzavim Hayon, you're standing, and says, Kulchem, all of you. What does it mean, all of you? It means all the different levels of the Jewish people, all ten different levels. Roshechem, Shiftechem, the heads of the tribe, tribal leaders, um, the woodchoppers, the water carriers, everybody, every unique individual, your unique mission in this world, whatever you do, we're all unified together. Why were we all unified together? Because we're going into a bond with Hashem, an eternal bond with Hashem. Why? Because we're going into the land of Israel. And as we know, this Torah portion was said before we went into the land of Israel. So we had to have a bond, create an eternal bond with Hashem, a bond which is specifically before we went into the land of Israel, and specifically what? To accept the Torah. Even though we accepted already the Torah in Chayrev, but here's a unique bond. Because it's the bond of Torah that we're accepting before we go into the land of Israel. Now, since, as the Torah says, not only the people that were there did God make the bond, but whoever was not there as well, 
God included in the bond. So obviously this powerful bond that we made with Hashem before we went into the land of Israel for acceptance of the Torah applies to every one of us in a very, very practical way. So the question is, what is this powerful bond that we made with God before we went into the land of Israel in reference to the Torah, how does it apply to us in a practical way? So the Rebbe is going to explain this by an introduction. That we first have to understand the whole idea of going into the land of Israel spiritually. We know we have the land of Israel, that's the physical land. But there's a spiritual component in the land of Israel. And what's that powerful spiritual component of the land of Israel? So the Rebbe brings the verse of the previous Torah portion, and obviously the previous Torah blesses this whole week, including um, in that year it was Chayel. This year it's a different uh, set up the calendar. So the verse says, Aretz. It's going to be when you come into the land, referring to the land of Israel. The land that God is giving to us. So we know there's a powerful teaching of the Baal And he explains this verse, reference to going to the land of Israel on a spiritual level. Now this teaching of the Baal the Rebbe says, um, was taught by the previous Rebbe, that he heard it from his father, the Rebbe Rashab, and he heard it all the way back from the Balshantos. It's a re- reliable and a, uh, um, authentic teaching of the Balshantos that's traced back all the way to Balshantos that came through the Chabad Rebbeim. So what does he explain? He says, When you're going to come into the land, what does that mean? So he says, Aretz is a reference to Ratzoin, the will of Hashem, or Merutza, God is pleased with us. So you're going to come to the level where God is pleased with us and we're doing the will of Hashem. So what does the verse continue? Hashem and it was, how do we come to that level? I mean, it's pretty intense. We say, like, God, God has a will. God should be pleased with us. We're doing the will of Hashem. So he says, the reason why that happens is because that's actually a gift from God himself. And it's a gift from God to every single Jew that we have the power to do the will of Hashem and God should be pleased with us. So what happens when we reach that level? We're doing the will of Hashem and God's pleased, pleased with us. So we have to do our avoider. The fact that we're doing the will of Hashem, God's plea, that's a gift. But once we have that, what do we have to do? What's our avoider, the yashaftaba? We have to internalize it. We have to take, and we have to take and internalize it and bring it by ten into the basket. What does a basket mean? So the, so the Balshantra explains, we have to take these powerful lights, the will of Hashem, God's pleased with us, it's huge, it's amazing. And we have to bring that oil, that light, and bring it into a vessel. What do we do? The verse continues. We have to go ahead and, and, and recognize the idea of Hashkacha Pratis. Hashkacha Pratis means that everything that we do happens by divine providence. That God chose. In other words, a Jew has to know when he comes to a place, not that he went to the place, but God is taking you. God is running the show. God is leading our life. And we, so if you come to the place, why are you coming there for? If God's bringing you, so why is God bringing you? Our purpose is to spread God and godliness all over. That's the teaching of the Baal of the land of Israel. In other words, to recap in short, what the Baal is saying is, we're going to reach the level of the will of Hashem, pleasing of Hashem, so, which is a gift from Hashem, so we have to internalize it. We have to internalize it in a way that... We have to realize that everything comes from Hashem. And once we realize that, 
we have once we, once once we realize it, we realize not only that we're, we're, that we we went somewhere. Hashem is taking us all all over, and the purpose is that we should share that mission and that vision. And then the Malshemtov continues on. And he adds a little deeper, and he says that how do we go ahead and publicize God and godliness where we are? That is by making a blessing and writing and re- reading psalms. So every time we make a blessing on some food or other kind of blessings, and we read psalms, that's how we make God revealed into the communities and our families wherever we're at. So that is so far the teaching of the Balshamtoiv on the idea of Eretz Yisrael, Israel, on a spiritual level. Now the now the Rebbe brings from the Magid of Mesrich, who we know was a student, and he actually took over from the Balshamtoiv, and the Magid of Mesrich actually translates and gives a different spiritual insight, and we know oh, there's 70 right ways to learn it, different levels. So, so the Magid says as follows, When you're going to come to the land, in other words, what land? He's referring to not the land, like like the Moshanto said, we come we, we, that we come, we come to the to the to the will of Hashem. But he says we come to the land, we come to the high the Eretzal Yoyno, the high land. What's the high land? Oilam Haba, the world to come. In other words, we're going to want to come to the world to come. The goal is not to be in this world. The goal is to get to heaven. We want to go to Oilam Haba. We want to go to the world to come. So he says, Asher Hashem Every person has a place in the world to come. So we're all going to get there. We're all going to get to the world to come. But the Yerishna, when we get there, we want to inherit it. In other words, we don't have to come back and be reincarnated into this world. So what, what should we do? We want to have Yeshaftabah. We want to be able to sit in the world to come forever once we're there. So what should we do that we should merit, that we should get to the land of Israel and we should be able to stay there? So the Magad of Mizrach explains, but that you should take me righteous from the beginning, from the first. What does that mean from the first? That our first interaction and our first engagement into the physical world and the pleasure of the world should be righteous from the beginning. What is the beginning? So we all know in the chart of Sfirot, there's many ways to count the beginning, but in this case, the first one is the sphere of Chachma. And, and, and Chachma as we know, it says in the Psalms, Reish is Chachma. Chachma is the beginning. In other words, Chachma represents Kedusha. Chachma represents holiness. That everything in the world that we engage in, our initial interaction, our first perspective should be a Chachma perspective, a Kedusha, a holy perspective. So therefore, what happens then is, everything that we take and everything that we do, we should do it with Hashem, Hashem's vision, Hashem's glasses. And as our yearning should be, we want to have the first, that everything, anytime we engage in something, we should have a godly experience, a chachma experience, a holy experience. And that's why the verse interestingly says, may racious from the beginning. It doesn't say racious, the whole beginning. And, and why, why, why does it say from the beginning? Because the fact is we're living in a physical world. We're living in a materialistic world. However, there is may racious, this part of it as holy that we can connect to. And that's why he says, may racious from the beginning of Kol Pri Hadam, all the produce. In other words, what does the produce represent? So we know that in the, in the, in the spiritual world, there's Doimeim, the least amount of energy, inanimate. Then when you go higher, there's Toimeach, things that grow. And then the higher than that, more energy is Chai, things that are alive, the animal kingdom. And Madaba is the highest. So Mereshis Priyadama means that we should look for the holy sparks in the world of Tzemeach, in the world of things that grow. 
So the goal is to elevate the holy sparks in the world of Sameach, and the things that grow. Not only do we elevate the, the, the holy sparks in the world of Sameach, but we even bring Asher Tavimi Arzacha. Arzacha is referring to the land, Doimim, inanimate. So we elevate not only Sameach, we also elevate the inanimate objects. And those even something that has less godly energy, and those over there we also want to elevate it. Now he doesn't mention Balchai, you know, going up the ladder. Why is that? So Rebbe says because Arizal says, because Chai is much easier to elevate. So he mentions the things that are harder to elevate, which is Saimeyach and Doimim. But then he goes on to say, still the Magad's teaching about elevating the world, bringing the Rashis, bringing the Chachma, bringing the Kedusha into everything. So we spoke about Doimim, we spoke about Saimeyach, we spoke about Chai. <coughs> Not only were we talking about Doiman Smeach and Chai, but even spiritual things. Like, for example, Torah. We have to elevate the Torah as well. And that's why it says, Everything Hashem gives you. In other words, everything that we should do, our intent should be, and our thought should be, and our speech should be, that in every part of our speech, everything that comes out of our mouth, Every single, even when we learn Torah, every single letter and every single word and every single vowel and every single note that we that we that we read from the Torah, we should we, we should be penetrated and it should be internalized with with godliness. And those in, in the letters that we're saying, the words that we're saying, the vowels we're saying, the notes that we're saying, and Jared points out and he says that's why it's interesting. It says the Samta you should put all these things that you're gathering batena in the basket. Now, literally, tena means a basket, but tena also is made up of three letters. Tes, nun, aleph. Tes stands for taimim, the notes. Nun stands for the kudot, the vowels. And aleph stands for the oisius, the letters. And, and then he doesn't mention the crowns on top of the letters. And the reason is because you don't pronounce the crowns. So there's no point in mentioning the crowns. But when a person behaves in such a way, in other words, everything that we do, Doimim, Tzimeya, Chai, Medaber, learning Torah. And over there, and everything we do, we're going to do with a Kachtami Rashis. We're going to find the Chachma, we're going to find the Kedusha, we're going to find the Holiness. Then, Vahalachta, we're going to go to the place, Oilam Haba. And we're going to elevate everything to Holiness, and we'll be able to stay there. And that's why it says, Asher Yifcha Hashem Alekacha, God is going to choose it for you. And others, Lashakin, Shmoi, Sham, we'll be able to dwell there, we'll be able to dwell there forever. And that's why, because we reach such a high level, that we're able to go to Elam Haba, and we're able to stay there, because we elevated the world, so that's why the, the verse actually begins, It will be when you come to land. Bahaya is an expression we all know of simcha, of joy and happiness. So when you finally get to Elam Haba, and you have to stay there, because you did your job in this world, by finding the racist chachman to everything, that's a real reason for simcha, for joy and for happiness. And he finishes off and he says, at least in this, I mean, in this chapter, the Rebbe says that we find the altar explains in the Kutzi Torah that just like there's, um, there's the land of Israel in the world, that we elevate the world, so the same thing also we have the land of Israel in time. And what is that? That's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah also represents, and we'll soon see soon in detail, the, the, the level of Israel. And before, before that, before we obviously go into the land of Israel, A, in space, and in time, we have to do our elevation, so we need to have beforehand power to do it. And that's why beforehand we have the Christus Bris, the eternal bond with Hashem, because Hashem gives us the bond so that we can be successful in our mission. So now this Rebbe is going to explain this 
on a deeper perspective. And so far we had the two powerful teachings of the Balshemto and the Magid in our spiritual journey of the land of Israel. But now we're going to go into more into the land of Israel and also in time and on a soul level. So the Rebbe explains and he says with an introduction that we know that everything that exists in the world, its source is in Torah. Anything that exists in the world, the mucker, the source is Torah. So that's in general. But in our case, in terms of the land of Israel, and also going into the land of Israel, so obviously it has its room in Torah. And like he brings from the Altar Rebbe that explains at length in Torah, in his classical work on the on, on uh, Kabbalah and the Parsha, and the Kutta Torah as well, that what is Eretz Yisrael spiritually? Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel spiritually, is referring to Torah Shabal Peh, the oral law. What's the connection of, of, of Eretz Yisrael and the oral law? And the Rebbe, the Rebbe explains very simple. Because what does Eretz mean? We already learned before from the teaching of Al Shem Toiv that Eretz is, a, is referring to Ratzain, the will of Hashem. Umarutza, to be pleasing by Hashem. So Eretz represents the will of Hashem. And as the, as the famous teaching in the Chazala tell us, why is it called Eretz? Why is it called land? Sharatasa last says with Sankaina, wants to do the Ratzain, wants to do the will of Hashem. So Eretz Yisrael spiritually represents the will of Hashem. Now, what is the will of Hashem? How do you know what the will of Hashem is? Where is the will of Hashem revealed to us? The will of Hashem is revealed to us in Tayyar in the oral law. Why is that? Because in order to fulfill the will of Hashem, it's not enough just to learn the written law, the five books of Moses, the prophets, and the writings. Because even though we know there's nothing that exists in the Torah, even in the oral law, that's not hint, hinted in the written law. In Hebrew it says, Leka midi deloyo There's no such thing as something that's not hidden, it's not mentioned even on a hint level in the Torah. But the fact is, it's only in a hint level. And we know you can have two different opinions. And both opinions are correct. But specifically by learning halacha, Jewish law, clear, succinct Jewish law, and knowing exactly what to do in Torah Peh in the oral law, then you can do the will and you can fulfill the, you can fulfill and observe the will of Hashem. So in other words, what we're seeing over here is, what is Eretz Yisrael? What is the land of Israel spiritually? It's referring to the reveal, to the oral law. Why? Because what is Eretz Yisrael? The will of Hashem. In order to know in a revealed way what the will of Hashem is, you have to learn Torah Shul and then you can know what the will of Hashem is. So based on this, the Rebbe explains why you have to have the internal bond between God and the Jewish people before we went into the land of Israel, which means practically before we accepted Torah Shul and as we had to have the land, the bond before we went to the land of Israel. Israel, we just learned this Torah of had the, the, the um, oral law to know what to do, to know the Ratz and Hashem. So before we connected to the Torah the will of Hashem, we had to have a bond. Why is that? Never explain as follows. What is the what is the spiritual idea of Torah Shalpeh, the oral law? So the Rebbe explains that the oral law is basically the connector between the highest and the, of the high with the lowest of the low. What does that mean? What is the source of every law in Jewish law? The source is Ratzin Elyon, the will of Hashem on high, which is even higher than Chachma. Chachma's ideas, intellect. Halacha goes straight to Ratzin. 
Go straight to the will of Hashem, which is in Kesser. Simple law. What does Hashem want? Boom. That goes straight to that goes straight to Rosalind. And as we know, it says in reference to King David and the prophets, the Havai Imoi, Yud Kevavke was with, with, with King David. And the Talmud explains why. Because the law was like King David. He followed the Jewish law. So you see that Halacha law goes very, very high. And it's even higher than the level of Elohim, which is one of the names of God. And even higher then Eilu ve'Eilu Diber Chaim, that they're both correct. Why? Because Elokim Chaim, God of life, which sphere is that? That's the sphere of Bino. Like explained in the different uh, comment, uh, different Hasidic discourses of the Rebbe Tzemach Tzedek, um, and the the, uh, the third Chabad Rebbe and the Marash, and all the other Chabad uh, um, uh, uh, leaders that taught mysticism, that Elikim Chaim is Bina. On the other hand, Halacha is all the way in Ratzin, much higher. Now, so on one hand, you're dealing with the will of Hashem Ratzin, but on the other hand, you have a Psak Halacha, Jewish law, practically how to behave in this world. So on one hand, you're telling me, do this, don't do that. But on the other hand, where's that coming from? Not from Bina, not from Chachma. It's coming from Ratzon Elyon. And like the Alter Rebbe explains in the Geras HaKodesh, and he gives a simple parable in reference to doing a mitzvah. When a person does a mitzvah, he says it's like a beam that literally is going from the, from the, from the roof to the floor. So what is a beam? A beam on one hand is touching the floor, and the other hand is touching the roof. So the same thing also when it comes to a mitzvah. A mitzvah is how you behave in this world, but it's connected to the will of Hashem. Well, like the Rebbe says, in the language of Kabbalah and Chassidus, it's connecting soyvev kalalmim, which is the powerful light which does not get penetrated into the world, and the maliklam, the way that godly light comes into the world. So in other words, halacha unites soyvev and mali, the highest to the lowest. Now, so, Torah Shalpeh again, specifically Halacha, unites the highest to the lowest. How can you unite the highest to the lowest? And that's why, in order to create that bond from the highest to the lowest, you have to go somewhere which is even higher than everything. And that's the bris. That's the everlasting bond. So, in other words, the reason why we have to have the bond before we enter the land of Israel, in reference to learning Torah, Torah Shalpeh, because Torah Shalpeh has the power to connect to the highest, the Ratzon Elyon, and how we should behave in this world. In order to connect the two, you have to have the powerful creases bris that takes, takes place beforehand. So that's the connection between Eretz Yisrael, learning Torah, and the bris beforehand. So based on this, the Rabbi is going to explain also why you need the bond not only for Torah Shalpeh, but also for our soul. Our souls needed the bond. Why? Because what is the whole idea of a bris, a bond? In other words, you draw in from above intellect and logic. And the reason why you draw in from above intellect and logic, that gives it the power that there's not going to be any change. And that's why it's going to stay. Irrelevant what happens. Because if you didn't get logic, so people have, you know, change of heart, change of mind. But if you're connected to somebody above logic, irrelevant what happens, you're connected. You know, a relationship that's based on logic or reason, the minute the logic and the reason and the interest go away, the relation goes away. But if the relationship is based above logic, just because, it never goes away. So on one hand, 
a bond that's from the highest, off the charts. And because the bond that comes from so powerful from off the charts, it has the power to unite opposites. Because it's not using that logic. Logic can say, okay, it doesn't work out. But when you connect above logic, everything works out. And like the, the Rebbe Blinks from the author of the Torah, he says that what happens when they when, when two people go through the two parts, when you make a bond, like explained in the Torah, what happens is two people become one. It's not like two agree. No, two become one. So the same thing also Rebbe explains in terms of our soul. And it was in order to unify the depth and the hidden and the concealed part of our soul with the revealed part of our soul, which is two opposites. You have the depth of your soul, the concealed part of your soul, the inner, your inner voice, your inner soul, and your revealed soul, which is opposites. So you need to have the Christus bris. You need the bond, the internal bond, which draws in from even higher than the internal and the external soul. And that allows the fusion to take place between the external and the internal soul. So again, you see that when it comes to the soul, you have the internal, the external, and in order for it to stick and should stay stuck and stay strong, you need to bring in the Christus bris beforehand, which is much more stronger and much more powerful. So the same idea the Rebbe says applies when you make a bond in the physical world. Before, no, on a practical level, before they went into the land of Israel, they needed a bond to go into the land of Israel. Why is that? Because they were going into the land of Israel, and they were going literally, they had to inherit the Yashaf, they had to dwell into the land. So why do they need a bond? And the Rebbe explains very, very simply and very powerfully because we know it's brought down in many places. Before the Jewish people went to the land of Israel, they were living in a different world. They were living in Olam HaMachshava. They were living in the world of thought. Or they were living in the world of speech. Land of Israel's reality. So it was technically, it was a downgrade for them. They're leaving the world of thought, the world of speech, and now they have to deal with, with the limitations of the physical world. And they literally had to go down into the world, and as the way the Torah describes it, the way the, the, way the tribes described it, Eretz It's a land that's eating up its inhabitants. We want to lay, remain in the world of thoughts. We want to lay, remain in the world of speech. An, an idealistic world. Who wants to deal with a real world? So, on the, but on the other hand, God wanted us to go into the, into the physical world. In other words, He wanted us to connect. Literally, on one hand, from thought, speech, but then again, get involved in the world. So in other words, how does that happen? So therefore, you have to have before the Christus bris, the eternal bond, a specific bond, besides the bond that already we had in, in, in Mount Chayrev. Why? Because after the bond of Chayrev, we still remain the third day of. We meant a generation of intellect, knowledge, wisdom, thought, speech. We weren't ready to engage in a physical world. Here was a major shift. We're going into the land of Israel. We have to engage with the physical world. So and it wasn't just that we have to be there and stay in our mind and in our, in our speech. We have to literally get involved into the world. And the goal was that eventually we should be able to say about the land, Toiva Haaretz Moid Moid, that the land that we didn't want to go to. We wanted to stay in thought and speech. We should be able to say that the land is good. How can that happen? How do you think people that were 
connected to God on a level of thought and speech, and bring him into a land. They love the land, and still stay connected. And the answer is, that's why God had to make the Christmas bris, the bond beforehand. So the bond created the ability and the opportunity that you can have on one hand, machshava and dibur, deal with toiva or it's moid moid, and it should not be a contradiction. That's the power of Christmas bris because it's a much more powerful energy that unites the opposites. And that's why we needed physically the Christmas bris before we went into the land of Israel. Now, so the Rebbe said like this, the Christmas bris that we had before we went into the land of Israel to unite the opposites, as we mentioned before, it unites the, the, the internal and the external soul, unites the highest levels to the lowest levels, the will of Hashem down to practicality. <clears throat> so the same thing also, we need a Christmas verse for Shana, for time. In other words, what does that mean practically? On Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year, that's when we went to the land of Israel in Shana in time. And every single year, before Rosh Hashanah, like now, the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, we need that renewed bond again to create that union of time. Why is that? Never explain it like this. What does Rosh Hashanah represent? Rosh Hashanah on one hand represents the completion of our spiritual work, which is huge. Rosh Hashanah represents the completion of human spiritual work. And as, as, as we see clearly, what does it say in the Talmud? In reference to Rosh Hashanah, Hashem says, He comes to the Jewish people and He says, aleichem, Make me king over you. In other words, if we are losers, He wouldn't ask us that we should make king over Him. We reached the peak. We reached our complete service to Hashem. Hashem was impressed. He goes, Oh gosh, you're my people. Please crown me as a king over you. So on one hand, we're on the highest levels. In other words, the resolution that Hashem takes, that He's going to continue to recreate the world and being king over the Jewish people, happens because of the souls of the Jewish people. And as it says clearly, me nimlach, who did Hashem consult with? With the souls of the righteous people. And we know it says, the whole nation are righteous people. And like the a famous teaching of the Magid of Mizrich in the in his classical book of the Eirat Torah, and he says that when Hashem felt the tainuk, the pleasure from the work of the tzaddikim, and he gives an example of a of a parent that has in his image his 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 young child, and that's basically the image of some she's. He's, he's excited and he's passionate about the work of, of, the, of, the, of, his, of the young child, which is the Jewish people doing on the level of tzaddik. So what happens every single year in Rosh Hashanah, God chooses to be the king over the Jewish people because of the Jewish people. So he reached on one hand the highest level. And because of that, what does Hashem chose to be? Not stay on a high level. He chooses to be king over the world. On one hand, we reach the highest level, but then Hashem chooses to be the king over the world. And from this resolution on Rosh Hashanah to be king, it's not only for Rosh Hashanah, it's for the whole year. And that's why it's actually interesting that Rosh Hashanah is called Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year, the head of the year, actually. Not Tchila, not the beginning of the year. Rosh Hashanah is called, we call it the beginning, but it's the literal translation of Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. Why is it called the head of the year? And then it's not called the beginning of the year. So the so it's brought down in, in one of the classic Hasidic discourses called a Teres Roish. So he explains like this. Because what is a head? In the head, you have everything on the body. 
the hands, the feet, the limbs, the organs, everything that's in the head. Now, even when every limb is in its place, the head from its spot operates everything. Why? Because everything has a place in the head. So the same thing also when it comes to Rosh Hashanah. The whole year is somehow housed in Rosh Hashanah. And until, the, until it, it actually affects it in a real way, because on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem decides that He's going to give the world life for us for a whole year. So here you see, you're drawing down from one hand from the highest places, we're on the highest level, and then the other hand, we're bringing down energy for the whole year. Not only that, but the, the whole idea that a God decides, make, has a resolution to be king over the Jewish people, that comes when the Jewish people crown God as a king, and the fact is, we know that the Jewish people's source is even higher than Torah. Torah is very, very high source. The source of the Jewish people is even higher. So on one hand, we're source so high, but on the other hand, literally our source, as high as it is, we come down to this world, and we deal with the physical world, and we make a psakdin, a ruling of Torah. In other words, a ruling, not abstract, but what has to do with practicality. And in order to come to a practical resolution, you have to actually work hard. In order to come to the truth, of the truth, you can't just shoot out ideas. You have to get into it. And like, um, it's explained at length in one of the classical Hasidic discourse of Yom Tov Shur Rosh Hashanah that happened on Shabbos from the, from the, from the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe, and also from the previous Rebbe, so you have to come down to this world. So on one hand, you have literally from the highest levels, the neshamas, which are sourced higher than Torah, comes down literally to this physical world to figure out how to you know, deal with godly issues in this world. So in order to basically create from the highest level down to, this, to, to the lowest level, on all levels, and specifically in time, you need to have the Christus bris. You need the internal bond beforehand. And that gives us the power to unite it. Because when you have the internal bond, then all the Jewish people, as we mentioned, all righteous, then we become one with the essence of Hashem, literally just like a bond in a physical way where the highest becomes unified with the lowest. So you see again, the same idea applies on a, on a time level of Rosh Hashanah that we connect we, we, the Am Yisrael with Nisham Yisrael from the highest level connected to the slowest level and literally from Rosh Hashanah we create a unity throughout the whole year and the Rebbe finishes off and he says that by, by from this powerful bond general power bond we're able to draw down res- good resolutions in reference to learning Torah observing mitzvahs and praying because by us learning Torah Doing the mitzvahs and praying, we create Yisrael the kulachad. That us, the Jewish people, and God become one. What connects us is learning Torah and praying and doing mitzvahs. And when we do that, and we become one with Hashem, the highest to the lowest, we're able to have a ksiva v'chasima toiva. We're written and we're sealed for a good year. L'shana toiva masuka. We're going to have a good year and a sweet year. And obviously it starts before that in the whole month of Elul. As we know, the month of Elul is Ani L'doidi V'doidi Li. I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me. And especially, Gerber says, starting from Chai Elul, which we know is the, the birthday of the two powerful, great lights. And on that day, their, their mazel, their powerful energy is strong. 
And we know that what was their tachlis, what was their whole purpose, and what was their whole intent? There should be one thing. That the wellsprings of mysticism should be shared all over the world. God's wellspring should be all over. Up until chutzah, all over. All over means that there's no place in the world where, where Judaism and godliness and Kabbalah and mysticism doesn't reach. And thank God today to the effort of the internet and YouTube and all the other mediums, we're able to literally teach Hasidus all over the world. And by learning Hasidus, and by teaching Hasidus, and by living a life of Hasidus, we will merit, as the Rebbe finishes off, Osimar. The, heart, the, the, the master is going to come, which is referring to Melech HaMashiach, the King Messiah, is going to come very, very soon, and in our generation, and we'll all be together in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh, and God willing, our next class will be in Eretz Yisrael, Ir HaKodesh. It's obviously a powerful, powerful Hasidic discourse, our powerful bond with Hashem, which gives us the power and the blessings that we need to bring down the greatest energies of Hashem from the highest places all the way into the lowest places. And as Rebbe finishes off, we'll all merit the greatest redemption for all of us. Have a great and blessed week. Shavuot Tov and happy and healthy, sweet new year.